Hi everyone and welcome to the ADSR Inspirations Podcast. My name is James Mallion, I'm your host, as I introduce you to inspirational and artful souls from all over the world. I'm deeply interested in music, film, the arts, achieving goals, overcoming struggles, and big ideas. So join me as we uncover some life lessons and knowledge. We're based out of Tokyo, Japan, and we'll be speaking with people from all over the world, ranging from artists, musicians, creatives, leaders, big thinkers, and those who strive to do and be great. Thanks for listening along. Now let's get inspired. Today's guest is Sam King, originally from the UK, now living in Tokyo, Japan. Sam is a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer, and editor who's been based in Tokyo since October 2016. Specializing in music, he's worked on projects for Resident Advisor, Fact Magazine, Vinyl Factory, NTS Radio, Red Bull, Ableton, and many more. In addition to filmmaking, music also plays a big role in Sam's life. He is actively involved in producing and playing music. He was previously involved in the UK-based electronic band Mayans, and now Sam is one half of the Tokyo-based electronic duo Hanagi Koen, a band that focuses on the live approach to writing music using analog synths and drum machines instead of laptops and digital effects. In today's chat, we get into a wide range of topics, ranging from what it takes to make a career out of your passion, how to make the leap and work abroad or remotely, how to maintain confidence and keep your skills sharp in times of struggle, and what we can learn from our failures. I think there's a lot of insight in today's conversation with Sam, so let's dive in. All right, hi everyone, and welcome once again to ADSR Inspirations, and I'm really excited by today's guest. I've been wanting to have a chat with him for a little while now. Uh, Please welcome filmmaker Sam King. So Sam, I know you do a wide range of things related to film, and you've got a number of skills uh, ranging from cinematography, editing, directing, music production, uh, on and on. So I was wondering really, where, where do your passions lie? What, what do you kind of identify yourself as? Sure, sure. Uh, well, yeah, first of all, thanks very much for having me, James. Uh, yeah, I really uh, appreciate being asked. Um, yeah, where do my passions lie? I mean, I guess primarily I see myself as a uh, documentary filmmaker. That's where, that's kind of how I learned about filmmaking from that kind of um, perspective. And so I think that's where, um, yeah, where my main skills lie. Um, but obviously through doing that, you're always picking up, um, different, different skills. And certainly recently I've been working more on my cinematography. Um, sometimes I work as a director as well, but yeah, recently been working more as uh, yeah, director of photography uh, or camera operator for, um, yeah, documentaries, working with other directors, working with other filmmakers to try and make their projects happen. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the tricky things to kind of narrow yourself down into a, um, yeah, into something specific, or at least for me, that's like, I enjoy a variety of different, different jobs sometimes. So, um, right. yeah, that's, but yeah, I'd say a documentary filmmaker is kind of the, the main one. Sure. Yeah. I guess you briefly um, said that was roughly your area of study. I guess, could you 
give us a little bit of your history, kind of like how you got started or uh, where you studied, whatnot? Sure. Yeah. Well, I say in terms of uh, study, it's, it's all uh, sort of self, self-study. So I studied, when I went to university, I, I studied business, uh, business management down in Cardiff. And um, yeah, it really wasn't uh, a very exciting uh, course for me. Uh, it was very dry and theoretical, not really what I wanted to be um, focusing on. Uh, but when I was at university, I was also part of the student radio program. I did a lot of music right. music shows there, and I was also at the as, in my final year. I was sort of in charge of the music programming, and off the back of that, I got after university. I got a placement with uh, BBC for like their local music music show in Oxford, and sure. I spent like maybe a couple of years working on that. But one of the first jobs I did there was to film a load of local bands at a festival, a truck festival, and then edit that. And I had zero experience in shooting or editing at that time. I was interested in photography, but I'd never really done anything. And yeah, that was that was my first, my first time touching a camera. And I just thought this is such a fun experience like especially um just seeing it come together from the editing perspective i was like this is really great so i want to do more of this so i just at that time i think the dslr cameras were getting pretty cheap and the quality was really good um it was just after like the canon 5d had come out so there was lots of like cheaper cameras where you could shoot hd um and so that's basically what i started how i started i, I bought one of those and because of my work on the radio show, I knew a lot of the bands and artists in Oxford. And so sure. from that, I started getting jobs doing music videos around and about. And um, yeah, my first, the first ones I did, I, yeah, I had zero idea of what I was doing, you know, even sort of technical yeah. stuff, um, you know, about like aperture and shutter speed. Like I just, I, I didn't really have a clue. I was just like, ah, oh, this looks cool. And so sometimes, yeah. like, I look back at those things now and I'm like, wow, they were so, like, technically bad. But at the same time, they still have, like, kind of a slightly cool vibe because it was just totally experimental and just someone figuring out what's going on, basically. Um, so, sure, sure. so I'm still quite quite proud of some of those, uh, those earlier videos. Um, but then obviously the longer you do it the more like technical knowledge you get and the more idea of how things should be uh, composed or framed um, and more about lighting and that kind of thing um right and so yeah that, that just kind of the the longer i did that the more i started getting uh like bits of work from local businesses and then started getting enough to be able to take a bit of a a gamble and go freelance um and uh that was i think I, I maybe started making like the very first ones were probably about 10 or 11 years ago and then it was maybe about three or four years until i got to the point where i went where i went freelance i think so sure right 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 um you you had mentioned that um in particular documentary sort of interest interested you uh, are there certain aspects? I know there's uh, a bunch of different modes of documentary. You know, we've seen some of the more famous ones in Hollywood, um, you know, in terms of like 
uh, observational or more like performative or participatory uh, styles. Is, is there like a certain form of documentary that really uh, kind of interests you more than others? Sure. I mean, I really like uh, sort of cinema verite style, like very much um, yeah. sort of fly on the wall, like really capturing things that are happening naturally. Um, and obviously that's a very, uh, very tricky form to do and to get absolutely right because, you know, by the very nature of a camera being there, it's, it's hard to get things to really happen as if you weren't there. Um, right. but certainly that's, uh, that's a style that I, that I'm a big fan of. Also, I mean, yeah, some of my favorite filmmakers are, um, uh, there's a guy called Joshua Oppenheimer, and if you know him, the um, he did a couple of films about um, these uh, like yeah horrific um, incidents in Indonesia back in the in the sixties, bit like sort of um, about the genocide there, um, and basically interviewing the the perpetrators um, of that incident. And yeah, I don't know. Do you, are, you, are you familiar with the films? Uh, what was that one called? The the act of killing is. Um, oh right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, and so, so he interviews the um, yeah the 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 main guy and a, a bunch of the others, and he he gets and these these guys see nothing wrong with what they did, and so he gets them right. to he gets them to make a film about. It. He says, "I want to make a film." I like you know, and and he kind of like creates this Hollywood style thing and and the guy who did it is directing it and it's like ah no you've got to kill them like this and so and it's really like yeah yeah it, it's a very um yeah interesting way to get them to kind of look at it and to try and yeah break down their perception of what it was and to see it from right. a different perspective um so yeah that's that's uh yeah i don't i'm not sure exactly what style you call it but yeah the, it, it's like he really kind of went out of his way to create that situation as opposed to kind right. of cinema verite where it's like you would let something happen and develop that way so sure 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 do you kind of uh in your work do you kind of see yourself i guess following the more verite style or like you mentioned the act of killing like where um maybe it's more like the filmmakers take or inserting themselves into it um is that something like you see yourself pursuing a little bit then? Sure. I mean, I think I think naturally I'm I'm more used to the cinema verite style. I think just just sort of like I, I like trying to let things happen as, as as naturally as possible and trying to sure. trying to capture that in the best possible way rather than trying to create situations for that to happen. However, the the more of been involved in filmmaking and the more I've um, kind of uh, had like my own projects the more I, th I realized that actually you, you know for a lot of films you, you do need to kind of create these situations in order for like things to progress in a certain way you know you can't like documentary filmmaking is tricky because you can't it's not just a case of oh there's a story and you just go and follow it it's like the story is the story is so wide and you have to kind of yeah. figure out what parts of that you want to focus in on and how you want to make that fit together. So, um, yeah, I, I prefer to sit back and let things happen, but at the same time you have to kind of 
shape things in a certain to a certain extent you know so sure yeah for sure um i know for myself um i'm certainly interested in documentaries um but um probably more so like narrative um do you have some interests in narrative film as well um have you had any experiences with um narrative film of course yeah i mean i love obviously love uh watching uh narrative um narrative films and um yeah i have had uh i've shot since uh, before i came to japan i never um i didn't work on any uh any narrative stuff um but since being here yeah i've shot maybe uh three or four short films um yeah which um which was really a great experience for me very different way of working to um documentary where you know you're taking time to set up the shots and um you have very specific things in mind and you know you can refine certain things um you know especially for me like um particularly early on when I started out like I probably wasn't very confident in like asking people to like do stuff forget or you know you just be like oh just film it and get out the way before you you know but yeah doing narrative certainly makes you feel more comfortable in setting up those kind of shots and in getting people to do things the right way if you feel like uh actually your your movement wasn't quite so good here or this line could have been delivered better that kind of thing um so yeah i mean i really enjoy doing the narrative um stuff probably um the the, one of the weaker sides of my uh, work is is my lighting like i've never really done like um like quite high-end lighting like i do i do i like i try and use natural light as much as possible and then i accentuate that if i need to um but yeah i definitely really enjoy being able to spend time working on the lighting and trying to improve things that way. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely something that I would like to keep, uh, keep working on and keep developing. Um, yeah. If anyone's out there is looking to make a short film. Um, yeah. I'd love to, love to, love to work on another one soon. Right. So, so it's not something like it's the case, um, you know, you're strictly a documentary filmmaker and you have, you know, no interest in the other side of it. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, I think certainly like the principles are still the same. And I know a lot of guys who will kind of, yeah, mix mix between the, the different styles. Um, definitely it helps to have a, sort of a, a specialty, I think, and particularly from a work point right. of view, like uh, people see me as a documentary filmmaker, cinematographer. I think that's the majority of the work that comes through. And that's the work that I enjoy the most. Um, but yeah, for sure. Like it's always fun to do different things and especially if the scripts are interesting, um, then yeah, it makes it, it makes it really, uh, really cool to do. So, um, yeah, yeah, would, uh, would love to, love to do some more of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, previously, I, I guess, um, you were in the UK at the time when you kind of, uh, realized that, uh, you could, you know, have a go at it and you could take your art and your passion and, you know, sort of make make a career out of it, which, you know, is no easy task for a lot of people uh, starting out and kind of in the industry or just trying to, you know, get a hold on something. Um, so 
was there like a certain point or like, you know, that you realized, you know, maybe I can do this for a living and I don't have to, you know, take other jobs or? There, yeah, there, there was a very specific point, actually, I can remember it very clearly, but it wasn't kind of like, oh, I'm getting so much work. Um, I'm getting so much work, I've got to leave my job. It was more, um, I was getting asked to film uh, like gigs in, in London, some like quite, quite like decent um, shows, some bands who are playing like good venues and um, through my contacts of making music videos, someone had I'd been asked to do some of these gigs. Um, and I'd, I had another like pretty much full-time job at the time. I was working uh, for a company um, and I had to turn down these gigs filming bands because I was working. Yeah. Um, and the first time I did, I was like, yeah, okay, I can't, I can't do it. And then um, after like two or three times of doing this, I was like, well, hang on a second. Like, yeah. I, I want to be going and filming these gigs. I don't like, uh, no disrespect to my uh, former job, Madams, um, had a great time there. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't my passion. It wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so I was like, if I have the chance, if I can go and film gigs, then I want to, I want to be doing that. So, um, that was the point at which I said, um, okay, I'm going to give this, give this a shot and, um, see how it goes. And yeah, fortunately my old company, they were an, uh, auctioneers, uh, selling antiques. And um, I did yep. some photography and stuff for them and uh, they were kind enough to keep me on on a freelance basis. So I got like a little bit of work from them. I think that's probably, I think that's probably the key for anyone starting out is to be able to have something where you know that you're going to be able to get through the month at least. Um, yep. Just just be like, okay, if the worst happens, then at least I've got this this amount of money in my account and I can pay my bills and, and stuff like that. Um, so they were, that was really good in terms of getting things off the ground. Um, and then slowly things started to happen. But yeah, when, when I first went freelance, there was lots of time when I was, uh, I was, I was very free, <laughs> very unemployed. Sure. Um, sure. and, uh, yeah, that was that's that's a challenging time, you know, where you 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 quit your job to go freelance. You're like, right, okay, yeah, ready to make some films, and then you just end up sitting around like waiting at home for salt for like someone to email you or to get in touch. And um, yeah, but um, also at that time you have like you have to be proactive and and to to reach out to people, and um, that's <clears throat> that's that's one of the hardest things as well, I think to to really put yourself out there. I mean, it depends, depends on the person a bit, but for me, that was kind of uh, one of the challenges, I think, to really be proactive and reach out to people. But, um, yeah. but once you've been doing that long enough, then hopefully you, um, yeah, people will start getting in touch every now and then. And, and then you can be less, slightly less proactive and yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that's something I also wanted to kind of touch upon. Um, that period, sort of, where you, I guess, make the leap, and uh, these doubts might start creeping up in your head. You know, um, maybe for yourself or for, I guess, a lot of artists who kind of um, decide to take their art as a profession and do it full time. Um, how do you kind of 
how do you deal with some of those doubts and kind of keep your confidence up through, you know, especially as a freelancer, you mentioned, you know, you might go through periods where you don't have work coming in. Um, how, how do you kind of uh, push those doubts aside or keep your confidence high in those moments? Sure. I mean, that's that's a really big challenge. And, and I think it happens to everyone, no matter how long you've been doing it. Like, you know, if you have periods where the work's not coming in, you're not so busy, then yeah, for yeah. sure. It's going to be, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, how, how do you deal with those situations? I mean, for me, I would always try and keep myself busy. Like if I wasn't working, particularly when I started out, if I wasn't working, I'd be like, okay, I can use this time to learn a new skill, to learn a new technique. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the amazing thing. There's so much content on YouTube now and, um, yeah, so much information out there that you can always be learning new things from, um, even if it's just basic stuff or really advanced, you know, there's t um, cinematographers like doing master classes online. You can watch so much yeah. stuff. Um, so that was something that I would always try and do. Um, or you try and try and fill those that time with with passion projects um, and and the you know try and try and film something that you know maybe you had an idea of something that you wanted to make then 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 try try and get that done but at the same time like in in an ideological world you think oh yeah if i'll be freelance like i'll have all this time to like work on my own stuff and everything but yeah. it's kind of hard when you're if you're not earning the money then you don't have that kind of you, you kind of feel a bit guilty almost if you're working on stuff where you're not earning money and everyone else is out there is like doing their jobs it's yeah. like but I think that's something that I've just become more comfortable with over time that you don't have to be like working full time all the time. And it's okay to just be, you know, making, you know, you making money like you, as long as you're surviving and you're, and you're happy enough, then that's okay. And you can use, use that downtime to do other stuff that you want to do as well. And I think, I think that's an important side of it and, and something that I've only recently got comfortable with actually is, you know, using that downtime to be like, okay, I'm going to actually go for a hike today or I'm going to go for a right, cycle right. and just take some downtime and refresh myself rather than just sitting at home being like, ah, oh, where's the work coming from kind of thing. So, yeah, um, right, 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 right. But that's not an easy thing to do. I think that, that takes a lot of time to get used to. Sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, some really good advice. Um, for people, you know, regardless of your experience and skill level. Um, you know, the way that things advance and technology advances, um, you have to keep learning, you have to keep growing. And, you know, really these days, there's no excuse, right? Like you mentioned, you know, YouTube, master classes, whatnot. Um, so do you have some specific examples of ways that um you maybe would keep learning or some some ways you could recommend to people to kind of you know keep progressing like maybe even you know you had the university course in a certain um aspect of say filmmaking but you kind of want to keep your skills sharp or you want to learn a new skill what kind of things would you kind of recommend to people Sure. Well, I guess it depends. It depends exactly what where your interests lie. But yeah, for example, um, 
like uh, I did the there's and the Shane I think Shane Hulbert, uh the cinematographer did like Need for Speed and stuff. He has a great sure. um, uh, great website with uh, a load of different courses like lighting workshops and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I went through. I think it was during lockdown even last year. Um, I I you know as as I said, lighting is an area of my work that I want to improve on. So went through like right. watched watched a lot of a lot of his lessons on there and and i think doing that is a great way you know you really get to hear from someone very experienced how how they would they would do something um yeah i mean it really just depends on what what your particular interests lie in um right but yeah i mean i would, I would definitely say doing something that you can you can practice is good like sometimes yeah if you watch if you watch something it's like okay yeah I, I can take it in but if you can actually you know say if you actually have the tools to do that even if it's not you know they they might be using very expensive cinema lights but you might just have a couple of lights at home but you can still practice yeah. the principles and the basics of that um so yeah i would say that that is a is probably the best way doing something or looking at something that you can practice if you're interested in editing you know there's there's tons and tons of different editing techniques that you can look at and learn um learn from online so sure. um yeah i mean just just yeah if if you're if you're interested in it then then get out and do it i'd say yeah right yeah kind of like you say um these days there's not really any excuses um, for you just to, you know, sit around and, uh, you know, kind of bemoan your fate. Oh, I don't have work, uh, you know. Uh, um, I, I think what would you kind of, um, what would you kind of advise in terms of, um, like you mentioned, you know, lighting was one of your weaknesses. Would, would you kind of more recommend people to kind of, um, search out the things they're not very good at and try and at least get adequate at those or should they kind of like um, focus in on you know one thing and maybe become like an expert or try and you know become like the top the top at one thing or would you say it's better to kind of have a broad range of skills that you're at least you know proficient in yeah it's a good, it's a good question and i think it just totally depends on on what you like doing i mean I know a variety of people who've done yeah both both approaches like sometimes um you know I know some sort of steady cam operators and they that's that's like all they do is the steady cam operation that's all they've done for years and that is something that um yeah I think you know they'll be they'll get very 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 good at that and and that's all they'll do um and then, yeah, I know some people who will do direction, do cinematography, sometimes edit themselves as well. Um, so yeah, it really like it really just depends on on you and what what you're interested in. I think, um, especially if you're starting out, I would encourage you to do what you enjoy and just follow that as best you can. Um, if you if you realize that like I, I really like lighting these these scenes or like i really enjoy working in narrative then then just do that and and just as long as you're enjoying it then it makes it so much easier to learn about that's that's how i found like you know i started i was doing music videos and i was like uh this is just so fun like every you know 
on my weekends when I wasn't working, I'd just go out and make music videos. And because yeah. it, because it was fun, I like that's that's how I learned and that's how I picked up my skills. So um, I just say I'd say to begin with, follow what you're enjo- what you're enjoying, and then if you're starting to get good at it, then you need to start figuring out like okay, I need to consider these other things as well because that can help improve improve my work basically. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know for myself, you know, I've done a, f- a few things just uh, because I wanted to get involved, really, you know, like writing projects and uh, I did a radio show just, you know, I'm big into the music as well, just because, you know, you want to get involved in some way, you know, I've done writing for some film festival stuff and uh, in the beginning, kind of like you say, uh, you know, I've done a lot of stuff volunteer as well, like, um if that's just kind of where you want to be, then you just kind of have to keep at it. And, you know, eventually your skills are going to improve, right? I guess with anything. Um, so I want to go back a, a little bit to um, to your story, right? So, you know, you were working away in the UK and, you know, th- that's, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate, you know, in their, their home country, you know, they start to get a foothold and whatnot. And then I guess what, five years ago or so, you decide to make the leap, um, come over to Japan. So wh- what what kind of went into that where you're like now, okay, I can, I can do this. You know, it's one thing to do it in your home country. You've got a lot of support, people you know, and friends and family to kind of make the leap, yeah, over to Asia. What, what kind of was the driving, yeah. Well, um, I guess that came from the fact that after, after university, I was um, I grew up near Oxford in the UK in the, the Cotswolds, very small countryside um, village. And after university, I went back to Oxford, um, and so I'd spent like quite a lot of time in a, in a, in a very like small part of the world. You know, I was what twenty uh, twenty seven, twenty no twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, by that time after, after I've been freelance for a couple of years and, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking, you know, I loved Oxford. I loved being there. I had a very good, like great group of friends there. Um, but I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like it would be nice to go somewhere else and to try something else. And I happened to come to Japan at that time. Um, a good friend of mine was living here. So I came with a bunch of friends yeah. to visit him and um, yeah, I, I could see that it seemed like a really fun place to live. I could see that mm-hmm. there was lots of cool stuff coming going on here, like culturally, musically um, and just, you know, going to izakayas and bars and stuff in, in Tokyo is, yep. is so fun. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, certainly yeah. can relate on that. Yeah, one. right. And then also, um, and also where, as we, we traveled out, like we just went to the main spots but I was like okay there seems like there's a lot of cool places to visit here and to see so I wanted to try and try a change of scene and yeah fortunately we have like the working holiday visa where you can come and right. work here for a year so my initial plan was literally to come here and 
I even, <clears throat> I thought, um, you know, I'd probably, I'd get here, probably do some English teaching, which I did a little bit of. Um, and then I would maybe like make a couple of films and travel a bit and then go home after a year. That was basically what I thought yep. was going to be the plan. Um, but then, yeah, after maybe, yeah, as soon as I got here, I, I just sort of launched myself into helping out on projects on you know, there's a Facebook group where people post, oh, you know, we need help on a short film or whatever. Um, yeah. And then that was how I first met people in in the film industry here. And then from that, I started getting asked about doing like odd small little jobs here and there. And then it just kind of built up from there, really. So, um, sure. yeah, after uh, there was there was a point after about six months um where you know my my savings that i built up had slowly been uh declining right. and i was like okay something needs to happen here and then i just got really lucky there was a project um from uh, the university of tokyo that i got just because of someone i met at a networking thing in yoyogi park and that connected me and then that project just kind of helped get give me enough to to get going and it was kind of similar to my my job in the UK, where I had like that regular thing all of a sudden that could just keep me yeah. keep me afloat, and then it, it enabled me to kind of it took the pressure off a little bit. So, um, sure. yeah, and so then it just kind of from one year it went to two years, and then two to three, and then yeah, and and yeah. It's, yeah, almost five years. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those a very familiar story when I speak to other um, yeah other right right. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I um, mean, you know, I've been here over 10 years myself and, you know, you don't even rea realize it sometimes. Um, I know the past year, regardless of, you know, what industry people are in, it's it's been, you know, a struggle for a lot of people. Um, for yourself, how, how have you found the past year kind of going through the pandemic? Have you been able to consistently find work? Um, have you you know, maybe progressed on certain things? Have you regressed in other areas? How, how have you found like going through the pandemic with this? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's obviously been a challenging year for everyone. And yeah, it was, it was definitely tough to begin with as you had, you know, I had like a load of projects and especially last year it was the Olympics was supposed to happen. Yeah. Right, um, right. I think everyone was expecting, especially in filmmaking to that to be like the busiest time and to be a really good I just I literally just invested in a new camera which was um, quite a lot of money and I bought it because I was like okay there's going to be before the Olympics I want like yeah. something new and then it just like sat on my shelves for like four months and I was like oh god like what's going to happen here um, but fortunately yeah after after like maybe three months of, of not much then um, like projects started coming in and um, yeah, obviously people have adapted on how to work in this um, environment, you know, but like the crews have gotten smaller, the projects are still happening, but you know, you just have to be more careful when you're, um, when you're shooting, more careful with equipment and obviously keeping distance from people and all this stuff. Um, sure. So yeah, things have changed, but um, yeah, I think we've been pretty fortunate in that uh, in Japan, at least things things have been able to keep on keep on happening. Um, yeah. 
yeah but obviously it's 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 been very different to before and it's just kind of like very much like it'll be very busy for a second and then the state of emergency happens and then nothing's going on and then things will start happening again slowly so um yeah it's uh it's, it's it's again it's just something to get used to but um personally as I, as i said before like i'm now used to having that downtime a little bit so i'm trying i try and use that a bit more productively yeah. um so yeah last last year I was doing a lot of music um doing like on my downtime and which is more of my hobby yeah. um yeah and uh yeah that's that's basically um yeah what i've been up to the last the last year or so sure 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 um i wanted to ask you know and for others you know listening into you know working in japan you know foreign country foreign language um have you encountered you know some struggles maybe language barrier culture culture things um you know throughout working here the past you know four or five years have there been some things that have been a struggle? Def- definitely, yeah. There are definitely a lot of cultural differences. And in fact, I can remember quite clearly one of my first jobs here, um, which was after maybe about three or four months. It was, um, we had to go to, we went to Fukuoka to um, film. It was for an American company, but we were filming. Um, they had like a very high tech farm down there and the production was from the US and so they send us this like big shot list of stuff they wanted they were like we need the farmer doing this 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 and this so I was like okay cool that's fine so went down with a, a small group of us and went went to the went to the farm and did like the interviews and stuff and that was all fine and then I started going through the the shots that we had to do and it was like oh we need the farmer walking around the yard with his cows etc um, so I started asking him to do these things and to begin with, he was kind of reluctant, but he, he, he'd do it. And then after a while of being asked to do this stuff over and over, he was like, um, he was actually like, I, I actually, you've, you've insulted my dignity and you know, this, this is not, this is not something we would ever usually do. And I don't want the, I don't want the my neighbors my friends my family to see me doing these yeah. things that i wouldn't do which i totally yeah. understand and respect but there was just that complete miscommunication from the american side to this side to be like yeah. what like no one like said oh what what do you what would you do like it was just like can you get get him to do this and yeah and for me yeah. i think coming from the uk it would probably be a bit more normal to be like ah can you do this and they'd be like ah no we don't do that we can do this instead um yeah but then yeah he kind of started doing it and then um but yeah at that time my my japanese level was almost non-existent um so i couldn't really pick up on any of the cues that he might have been feeling uncomfortable or not um and then, uh, yeah, that was the day I learned the words, uh, the word uh, dame, um, which right. um, I remember him very, yeah. very specifically being dame. And uh, I said to the I was like, what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we can't film anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, so that was, that was a big learning experience for me. And I think that's something that's very, that I've been very careful of ever since is to make sure that, you know, whoever you're filming here especially um you know you have to be very respectful to them and you have to make sure that sure. they're comfortable with with what you're doing um so yeah that was that was a big learning curve for me um sure. 
yeah and and obviously in terms of language um that's that's a whole other challenge um i've been learning japanese since i got here and slowly i'm getting getting better but still uh quite a long quite a long way to go so sometimes um particularly if you're interviewing people in in japanese then obviously that's kind of that's you know if you're using a translator then it's it's harder to get those really kind of natural yeah. clear answers that you'd, you'd be hoping for um so yeah that's uh there's definitely a few a few challenges to working here um and definitely some some cultural differences that is very important to be aware of I'd say. sure 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 yeah i mean uh I guess you've done a majority of freelance projects, but maybe for some people uh, wanting to join, you know, like a production company or a film company, uh, the barriers might be even higher in terms of, uh, you know, what you have to know, what your Japanese level has to be at, something like that. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? For sure, yeah. I think if you want to work for a production company, usually people will want someone who's who's bilingual um i remember when yeah when i got here there was lots yeah you can get like smaller f freelance jobs if people just need an extra pair of hands on set but um yeah a lot of the times for production companies they'll they'll they'll, they'll they'd like you to be um bilingual um yeah because it's it's a, obviously an important part of of being here um that said i do know i do know some people who don't speak any Japanese who um, who still work in the industry um, or have yep. or have limited abilities but um, yeah obviously if, if you're really good at what you do and you can find a way yeah. to, to work here then then that's that's totally doable um, but um, yeah I'd recommend if anyone's thinking of coming to Japan and, and working in this industry I'd certainly recommend trying to get grips with some Japanese because I think even if even if you can just speak a little bit I think people really value that they appreciate that you're making the effort and that can especially for example if you're going to film a farmer in Fukuoka if you can at least you know yeah. say a few things and and get get um yeah get on on the same page as them then I think that really that really helps so um yeah yeah no that all makes perfect sense um, so you've mentioned, you know, you kind of had an interest in music and, you know, you've played in bands before and groups. So if you kind of had, a, if you had the freedom or like the budget to kind of do whatever you want, you know, if you had like a dream project, uh, what, what would, what would that look like for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, free as as in like a music a music thing or a film thing or what or a combination it, it of the could, two? yeah it could, it could be whatever you yeah. know like if you had you know like a hollywood size budget or you could you know make a documentary uh you know feature length or you know anything really yeah um i i mean i that's yeah that's that's a good question yeah tricky one to answer i mean for me well, what i what i love doing in my time when i'm not filming is, is just making music so I, I think a lot of that money would like go on a big like music studio and just uh sure. yeah that that would be that would be great and then maybe okay so perhaps i would i would handpick all of my favorite japanese uh musicians around the country bring them all to this uh, studio and then make a documentary about them uh, playing, sure. like making music together. And 
collaborating in yeah. some way. That would that sound like yeah, just that sounds like a fun project. I think <laughs> for sure. Okay, so that's is that something you've thought about before, or that's just kind of uh, going through ideas in your head? It's literally just popped popped into my head now. But uh, but yeah, right, I think right, I think right. that would be that would be a uh, a fun a fun thing to do. There's certainly a, there's a lot of talented musicians around around Japan and. Um, Sure. Yeah, a lot of a lot of my 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 video work, my documentary work, has involved like going like you know working with Japanese musicians and and producers. Right. Um, so I've been lucky enough to meet some really some really good ones. So yeah, it would be nice to be able to like bring a load of those together to a certain place and be like, okay, yeah, yeah. make some music and uh, yeah. make a film about it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I know. I know. I've watched that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah, I wanted I to, to touch, touch on, on the music, music thing a little, little bit. bit. Sure. Um, so I guess, you know, you mentioned you've been involved. Um, you were in a band called Mayans in the UK. And, uh, you know, now here in Tokyo, you've been uh, with my brother, um, one part of Hanagi Koen, um, right? And you guys just released your first EP through Subtempo Records for anyone listening. Go and grab that one. Um, can you speak a bit about uh, some of uh, your interests and goals with music? You mentioned is kind of a hobby. Do you have some kind of uh, goals that you're looking to do with this current project or just with music in general? Sure. I mean, I think for me, music has always been, been a big uh, passion of mine and just always been playing in bands from when I was up in, in school, going through university and stuff. Some were some some good some some not not so good but um yeah for sure uh when when i was in oxford and i and i went freelance um it was really nice to be able to be able to spend time doing doing myons and and playing music and you know i could yeah. i could uh, and i could work on the music videos if i didn't have work and 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 stuff like that um and it's 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 yeah same same for hanagi cohen here like it's really nice to have uh, a different creative outlet you know like my work is very creative a lot of the time um, but at the same time when it's your job and there's money on it and there's you know there's certain expectations of things that need to be done um, you're not like fully in control of that so it's really nice to have something where I can be just making music and just being creative and yeah however it comes out it comes out and um yeah fortunately with the Hanagi Khan stuff it's been it's been going pretty well we've had um yeah we got the EPR it's taken us quite a long time partly due to the uh the pandemic and and everything um but uh yeah it's it's getting there and we, we'd like to release release an album um so we're gonna start working working on recording that pretty soon um but yeah just in terms of what i'd actually like to achieve with it i mean it's just 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 love playing shows love love doing um sure. love love playing live and and writing basically so um as long as we can do that like it would be really cool to be able to do a few small small festivals around japan um yeah. and yeah if that if that happens that's that's great but if not then just more than happy just keep in keep on writing music and being able to spend spare time doing doing that that kind of stuff so right right um is it, it it's something that you always kind of see as a hobby or 
if there was, say, an opportunity to maybe do music full time, that's something you'd pursue as well? Yeah, I don't, I like, I never really, I mean, I've, I think for, for a long time when I was younger, I was like, I want to be in music. Like, I was like, that's, that's, yeah. that's what I want to do. And that's, that's maybe partly why I was always, um, I was working for like doing the radio stuff and, um, trying to like help out record labels and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think I, I realized after a lot of time of working, working with bands and, and, and that kind of stuff that, you realize how how hard it is to really make a living from that and how to really you know you have to sacrifice a lot i think to make it work and i saw i saw friends of mine having to really put in so much effort and energy to to get their their work off the ground and um yeah so i i'm quite realistic about the fact that it's, it's so hard to to get to that point where it would really um really you can you can live live off that then so yeah i i would i would i would love it if if that was the uh opportunity that came through but at the same time um it's not really kind of part of the game plan it's like we'll just keep making the tracks and and uh if yep. something comes of it then that's great but um yeah i'm not yeah. not holding out hope for universal to come knocking on the door just yet but Right, right, right. Um, it's, it seems like, you know, in music especially and, um, you know, filmmaking certainly as well, what you're doing freelancing, um, kind of self-promotion and social media and this kind of thing, um, especially these days, plays a big role in those kind of jobs. Um, what, what's, your kind of, what's your take on kind of doing, you know, the whole self-promotion and being active with social media and kind of, you know, letting people know what you're doing all the time or, you know what I mean? Kind of quite, quite bad at that, quite bad at that now. I mean, I think maybe when I was uh, a bit younger, in my late, my later twenties or something, I was <clears throat> more involved in that as a sort of Instagram and Snapchat and stuff was just coming out and it was like, oh yeah, this is fun. But the more I've done it, the more tired I've, become of yeah. doing that and just just constantly having to put yourself out there and to be like okay i need to post about this job i need to like say something interesting about this thing um and yeah when and when i started the freelancing stuff i was like okay yeah i'm gonna be like so active on social media and let people know what i'm doing yeah and uh yeah now i just don't really post i don't really post anything i just i will share if if there's a project that i'm really proud of i'll share things on on facebook or i might send people links directly um but yeah i've kind of all but stopped using instagram um it's it's one of the uh challenges i have yeah i know your brother Sean is uh, like a, he understands that it's it's a necessary evil sometimes for especially for music. Right. So we kind of have to do it. So um, I like uh, I'll just um, I'll use it if 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 we need if we have something to promote. But um, I try and delete it as soon as possible because it just yeah it it kind of I I feel it's just not it's just not super healthy for me. You know um, I think trying to or like just always having to say to people oh, i'm doing this i'm doing this and yeah and yeah. like i go on it and i see like so many friends are like ah oh, live like 
uh, they're working on like all these great projects and like, ah, oh, why am I not doing that? You know, you just end up comparing yourself so quickly right. to what everyone right. else is doing. And it's like, um, yeah, I do, like I just I just don't find that that healthy. So um, I try and stay away from it. Um, but yeah, obviously, you've you've for, if you want to promote your music, if you want to um, share stuff, then of course, that's that's important. But um, yeah, from from a work point of view, I'm kind of lucky that now uh, I mean, a lot of the time my work comes from word of mouth from friends of friends um yeah. or, or people just finding my website somehow i think um and so because of that like I, I don't feel there's like a great need for me to be using it um perhaps if i yeah. yeah perhaps if i had if i was less busy then i would be more inclined to do it to try and get stuff but um yeah, yeah i don't think um there's so much of a, a need for that once once you've kind of um yeah established and stuff so um yeah it's a, it's a tricky balance it's a tricky balance and again it's it's it just depends on on, on you right like some some people i right. know are, are a lot more comfortable in like putting that information out there and, and sharing stuff with people but um yeah for me it's just uh uh yeah not 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 so much part of my my character i think yeah, I mean, that totally makes sense to me. Uh, I kind of feel the same way in terms of, uh, you know, like you mentioned, uh, you'll you'll go out there and, you know, everyone's posting about, you know, how successful they are, what they're doing. But, you know, a lot of it seems kind of shallow in terms of, you know, that's not real life. You know, people aren't posting about, OK, well, today I didn't get this job today. I kind of, you know, um, had this failure or, you know, I didn't do this. So you kind of, you know, it's, it's all selective, right? People are only showing what they want people to see. And um, like yourself, I've kind of grown out of that. But at the same time, you know, when you're doing something creative and you kind of need an audience, right? You see some of these people on Instagram or a Twitter, you know, they've got millions of followers. Obviously, that influence, whatever you're doing, is going to have a bigger impact the more people you have kind of following you. Just wanted to touch on, you know, you mentioned before about lighting something you want to improve on. Um, it, or in terms of, you know, maybe people um, get over some failures, you know. So what are what are some things maybe you've failed at in the past, um, but you've kind of kept at it or you've persevered? You know, you mentioned some of your earlier work. When you look at it now, you kind of have a bit of a laugh, but there's something to it as well. Um, how, how do you, you know, as an artist, how do you kind of uh, deal with, you know, failures? It could be, you know, maybe something in your personal life or your uh, artistic life. Um, what are what are maybe, you know, two, two examples of some kind of failures you've had and what you've been able to learn and overcome in those? Sure, for sure. I mean, certainly there's been some experiences I've had where um, I've, I've filmed, I've filmed things and they've not been they've not made their their completed state um there you know yeah. we, we, we went to show we had an idea in our heads um we went and we filmed stuff one was a, a music video i did uh here early on when i was in japan um yeah and uh, yeah i had an idea of what i wanted it to be and we went and, and shot it and 
it just it didn't come out quite right and so i tried turning into something else and it wouldn't work and and yeah i got quite down about that because i spent like a load of money on it and um you know sure. it was uh i mean not 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 like tons but at the time when i was you know i didn't have much money in japan so um yeah yeah and so i remember doing that and feeling yeah feeling pretty um down about it and especially not not getting any work but I, i mean yeah you just have to really be able to take a step back and be like okay well why why didn't that work like why why did it not yeah. turn out and i think i look at i look back at that project and i'm like well actually i didn't really plan it that well like it was kind of like yeah. we just we found a location we turned up we tried to make something um and actually it didn't it wasn't quite it didn't turn out quite like we hoped because we just i just didn't really plan it well enough um yep. so you look back at that and you think well okay that's that's something i can improve upon you know i can actually yep. decide what shots we need a, a lot further in advance and and you know be a lot yep. more specific about some of the details to make sure that it's going to fit together well um so yeah i think i think and i think that's something that can be said for any mistake that you make like you know it can be quite painful when that happens and it can be hard to admit it but you've got to be able to take a step back i think and and look at it from you know after a bit of time look back and think okay well you know there's a reason why it didn't happen what 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 could i have done better and if you can do that then you'll keep progressing i think in your art or whatever it is that you're doing um i think i think that's an important thing to be able to do and um yeah like it is hard to to not get down about stuff like that um but i think you also have to remember that i think pretty much all artists or um yeah. people who've gone through their careers have have gone through stuff like that and it's like you're saying on instagram yeah. like people aren't posting on instagram about those things right they're not they're yeah, not they right. yeah you're not saying um oh here's a here's a project that i tried but it didn't it didn't turn out how he wanted and and yeah. uh and i feel bad about it um but even though they're not posting about it everyone has pretty much gone through those things and i think probably the the people that like really made the best stuff are probably the ones that are able to um realize why those things haven't gone to plan and are able to improve upon them for next time so Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you mentioned, you know, most people aren't um I think, you know, if someone did post about something like that, um it, it might actually be received better because something like that is more true and people, you know, relate to stuff like that versus, you know, um all this manufactured uh lives that we're seeing, you know, like some of the other podcasts I listen to, you know, if you can admit your failures and put them out there, um i think people will actually respond a little bit uh more to that than just all this you know i'm great i'm great um you know something i've started doing recently like you mentioned um after the fact uh i do these things these kind of like after action reports and you know whatever you do whether it's a success or a failure you kind of put together you know report what worked well what didn't work and what can you improve from next time um you know i've started i've started doing some more running recently long distance running and uh just trying to reach certain distances and times and whatnot and you know 
but I think, you know, this can apply to a lot of things, you know, what worked for you, what didn't. Yeah, in terms of uh, artistic stuff, you know, I'm certainly going to be listening to these and applying that, um, you know, and just kind of, you just kind of got to keep improving. Uh, I kind of have the attitude, you know, you're either evolving or devolving. So uh, I think, you know, a lot of artists, you may kind of get uh, complacent or you get, you know, you get a bit of success and you kind of think, okay, you know, this is easy. But uh, I think it's definitely important to keep progressing. Um, so yeah, we've been going for a little while, man. I got I got The time's kind of fl flown by. I just, uh, I have a couple questions that I want to ask every guest at the end of this. And uh, so, because, you know, this is the inspirations pod and I've got two questions that I'm planning for every guest. So the first one is, uh, what are three things or maybe three people that have really inspired you or inspired your work or inspired, you know, your life? Um, three things or three people that have given you inspiration. Things or three people that have inspired me. Um, okay, well, probably just, just on a grand, like music, musical um inspiration being from oxford um hometown of radioheads they're definitely like one of my favorite yeah. acts um and growing up i was always listening to their music and um i think especially once i got to university going to see them play and uh and um and then subsequently occasionally like seeing them like wandering around in in oxford they were always like uh, a big influence um to to me uh musically and just just about the way they go about doing their stuff like you know with when they released in rainbows they totally sort of uh went against the music industry and you know released this record for free um yeah. so i think just the way they approach things i think has always been yeah. um a bit like a, a big and and just their music in general i think probably if you listen to um any of my recent projects with mayans or hanagi cohen you can probably hear sort of small elements of of uh, radio head trickling in there um sure. so yeah I, i'd say they are definitely one okay two other major inspirations um, I think maybe from a filmmaking perspective, then uh, Werner Herzog is 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 a big right. a big one for me. For sure. um, again, kind of someone who's sort of goes a little bit against the norm. He just kind of goes and does his own thing. And some of the films he makes are, are really weird or like you know kind of quite yeah, eccentric. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I just love his approach, the way he goes about. Um, like making stories and the way he kind of I feel like you can always tell that he really cares about what he's making the films about and I think that's something that's yeah. that's really important as a as a filmmaker um so yeah. definitely uh yeah Werner Herzog is one more um and uh one other thing um uh, okay maybe um one other thing oh well, i i mean it's it's a very general thing but i, th I just nature in general is is a yep. very important part of my life uh living in central tokyo you've kind of got to be able to um get out and uh escape from from the world sometimes and uh 
yeah, I certainly love being able to get out of the city, go to the, yeah, go and um, explore, the, go hiking, cycling, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, um, yeah, Mother Nature is a big, big one. Top three, Radiohead, Van Herzog, Mother Nature, there you go. Oh, yeah, I think, well, I think a lot of artists can definitely relate uh, to probably all three of those, you know, especially nature, uh, inspiration for quite a lot of art out there. Uh, and last one for you. So what does it mean for you to kind of inspire others or be inspirational for others? What, what does it mean to, you know, someone looks up to you or they watches this or they see some of your work? Uh, what, what does it mean to inspire others to you? Ah, I mean, if someone sees the the stuff that I do and it makes them want to do it, that's that's like the best the best thing for me. I mean, yeah, I remember starting out and I saw uh, yeah seeing seeing friends work and um, and I remember even yeah us reaching out to them, being like, oh, how did you film this? It looks so cool. And then they're like, oh yeah, we just use this this little camera and and I'm like, okay, cool. So I can that's that's something that I can do. Um, so yeah, I hope that people that watch my work are also thinking, okay, you know, we, we can, we can also do that. Like, um, yeah, like there's nothing more fun and satisfying than, um, taking beautiful shots and like capturing those kind of moments. And so, yeah, I hope that people watch, watch these films and, and, um, yeah, get inspired to do so. In fact, I, like I would say, um, there's one specific thing is that when before I came to Tokyo, like I was, I remember seeing. I think there was there was a, a documentary film by Res, resident advisor about the Tokyo music scene, yeah. and I remember watching that and thinking like, okay, well, there's you know, that's cool that someone was like made that, and they're like there must be. I guess that there's got to be someone in that city that does like the resident advisor stuff and everything. Um, and then when I came here, I realized that actually there, there wasn't really someone specific. Um, I actually, I became friends with, uh, my friend Mike, who, who is a producer of that, but there wasn't anyone here based here to, to do that. And then next time resident advisor wanted to come and shoot something here. Like I got introduced to them through Mike and then ended up, yeah. um, working on them with some projects. And for me, that was like a real like dream to be like, to see, okay, there was, uh yeah there's there's an opportunity to make a fit or like you know that would be a real um so i'll start this again uh yeah that would be a real uh yeah a real a real dream come true to be able to go there and, and make a film about sort of dance music in tokyo and sure. you know just just from seeing that film i decided to go not, not just because of seeing that film but decided to go there and yeah. um yeah and and eventually it ended up happening and it's like okay if i think if you if there's something that you want to do like that then if you put yourself in the place to do it then then it's amazing that what what can happen and so um yeah if you see my films and you think oh i'd like to make films in japan then yeah you should yeah. come and move to japan or if you see anyone else doing stuff and you think oh that's cool i would like to do that then you know there are steps that you can take in order to get there so um yeah, yeah please uh, do it so that was a really long rambly uh <laughs> no that was good that was good no i I, th I think you're making some really important points dropping some knowledge on us you know um uh, the one of the important things is just to kind of uh 
you know, you're inspired, so go give it a try. Go do something. Start, you know, start some action. I really got to... I really want to thank you for today, man. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. You're putting some great work out there and uh, you're exposing uh, exposing the people to perspectives of Japan, uh, your own worldview, your photography, your video work, your your music with your band, Hanagi Cohen, uh, giving the world some spacey grooves here. And, uh, you know, in addition, your music videos for Hanagi Cohen, I'm, I'm really loving so everyone, please check out the YouTube page on that. Where can people also support you and check out some of your work? Yeah, probably, I mean, for my video stuff, then the best place is my website, uh, yeah, samkingfilm.com. Um, yeah, yeah. As, I, as I say, not posting so much on social media now, but I, I try and keep my website updated with the latest projects and stuff. Um, so yeah, please have a look on there if you're interested in seeing some of my work. If you have any questions about anything, then yeah, just drop me an email. Emails on there, and yeah, always happy to chat sure. to anyone who's interested in in making films or has questions about how I do stuff. So yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, Sam King, S A M K I N G F I L M dot com, and uh, I think you had the Vimo page, right? Vimo dot com slash Sam King Film. And then uh, you said you don't use Instagram too much, but I think it's uh, Instagram.com slash SMKNG. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, it is there. Right. And then, um, yeah, definitely everyone, Sam and my brother are in a great group. Let me get the spelling correct for you one more time. H-A-N-E-G-I-K-O-E-N-B-A-N-D. HanagiKoenBand.com. Definitely go check that out. And I think uh, you may... Th- three music videos so far for that right yeah yeah there's three videos up online yeah. so yeah yeah have a yeah. look so definitely check out the videos go to the band camp support these guys uh thanks again for doing this my man uh all the best to you and it was a great great to finally sit down and chat to you i hope to physically be able to see you in person sooner rather than later but uh yeah thanks for this for sure thanks yeah thanks thanks for having the time and uh yeah for inviting me on it's been a really nice experience so yeah cheers james appreciate it that was filmmaker sam king and this is james mallion and you've been listening to adsr inspirations if you like what you've just heard and want to hear more insightful and inspirational chats from people all over the world make sure to keep up with us at adsrcollective.com You can go and watch the full video of this interview and interact with us on YouTube by searching for ADSR Collective. Then follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ADSR Collective. Make sure to also follow us or leave a comment however you're listening, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Pandora. Thanks once again for taking your time to listen in. Until next time, stay inspired.